Welcome to Sports Bites. Welcome to Sports Bites. With your host, Chris Joseph. Chris Joseph. Are you a sports fanatic who loves the thrill of the game and the delicious food that accompanies it? And then they had uh, chicken fingers, exotic chicken fingers. Join us as we dive into the world of sports and the delectable bites that make the experience even better. Whether you're in the stadium, tailgating, or watching from the comfort of your home. Get ready to satisfy your sports cravings with Chris Joseph on Sports Bites. On Sports Bites. Let's dig in. Uh, yes, let's dig into episode 42. Guys, I hope you are doing good as we get ready for the new year. Hope your Christmas was great. Dealing with a little bit of sickness in the house here, the family, uh, not doing the best. You know, it kind of ran through the kids right now. Hopefully mom and I stay on the better end of it. But let's dig into episode 42. We're going to talk pretty much about the college football playoffs. January 1st, the day of bowl games. You got the two college football playoffs. And I'm going to try to give you the most fair, unbiased, what I think is going to happen in the college football playoffs. No rooting interest. I don't try to put my hatred for Texas away to, you know, give a very fair and balanced assessment of what I think is going to happen in the Rose Bowl between Texas. I mean, I'm sorry, the Rose Bowl between Alabama and Michigan and the Sugar Bowl between Texas and Washington. Uh, Before we get into that, I am going to cover or talk a little bit about some of the bowl games that have happened. Um Disappointing last night. Uh, for those who have listened, you know I'm an Oklahoma fan, and I- I'm not upset with Jackson Arnold. Uh, six turnovers, seven holding calls. You saw some flashes of what's going to be. I'm hearing really good things about the early enrollees that are already practicing, Jaden Jackson, people like that. So, again, from last year, you, 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 know, you win 10 games. You can't get that 11th, so you go from 6 to 10. I- I'm still happy with it. The sad thing is you're going in for a score to make it 31-13. All the momentum was on your side. And unfortunately for um, for Jaleel Farouk, had a hard time holding on the ball last night. And I hate to see Drake Stoops go out that way. But that that they call it a reception fumble and a scoop and score. That really turned the momentum. I thought the defensive line, the young guys played really well, really getting after Noah Fafita. But that young man has an absolute howitzer on his shoulders. He can in it and you know good good football team you know not not the bad thing is I think Arizona played a lot of their games way late on the west coast so I don't think a lot of people really got to see the kind of talent they have but hats off to Arizona came back won the bowl game you know Oklahoma will move on but we got a couple bowl games I'm, I'm recording this on Friday right now Kentucky is playing Clemson and and Kentucky's winning, you know, so I, I'm not doing really well in my bowl mania. Uh, I'm 16 and 13 so far on the bowl picks, and uh, I've got a lot of my high value games still coming up. Um, my highest value one is still LSU beating Wisconsin. Uh, I put 41 points of confidence on that Oklahoma game last night, and I put my two of my top five. I lost. I put all the faith in Troy. Didn't happen. Um, Arizona beating Oklahoma, that didn't happen. But I got Missouri, even though I hate picking Missouri. I think Missouri is going to throttle Ohio State tonight. 
But it, it's been an entertaining bowl season so far. Uh, next week, I will talk about the championship game and then really start to break down the NFL playoff. It's been a strange year in the NFL. I'll talk about the MVP race, who should be there, who should not. But let's dig in. Let's take a bite of these playoffs. I mean, the first game, and, and I'm going to say this. So January 1st is a day for me as a college football fan, as a guy who's grown up watching football and really being in, in love with the sport of college football my whole life. January 1st used to be one of the best holidays for me. I think I enjoyed it more than actual Christmas Day because as a kid growing up, that was, you know, you knew either Oklahoma or Nebraska was going to be in the Orange Bowl. You had the Fiesta Bowl, the, the Sugar Bowl. All the games were pretty much played on that on that day. So I loved January 1st. And growing up, it meant good food all day. Having, you know, you make the queso dip. Maybe you make, we used to make the steak and sandwiches. We, you know, didn't have the, the money to go get the, the prime rib shape. We made steak and sandwiches. They were great. You'd always get some shrimp. You know, have some peel and eat shrimp. Not a bad deal. Snacks throughout the day. And I think this year, I was talking to my wife. We're thinking about what we're going to do. I'm going to make some Old Bay boiled shrimp with some cocktail sauce. We're going to have some meatball sandwiches for that night. Um, we will have. I'm going to put some smoked queso dip out on the smoker, which I, I love the smoked queso dip. If you haven't had it, you should really try it. It's really good. But that's it's going to be a day of food, relaxation, and we're going to have a good time. Now, the first game up in the playoffs is going to be the Rose Bowl. And I always tell people, the Rose Bowl, that overhead shot of the Rose Bowl is, is phenomenal. Like, it is one of the most beautiful settings. Whatever they do, the groundskeepers to make that yard look like it does, it is a phenomenal picture. It always kind of looks like cake to me. Just, it, it's beautiful. One of the most beautiful settings out there. I know Michigan, they're used to it. Alabama, you know, they're traveling deep. This is going to be a really, really intriguing matchup. But I think it's more one-sided than a lot of people want to say because Michigan is undefeated. Alabama, of course, has the one loss to Texas. But when you really compare them, you break it down, okay? Who did Michigan play? And, okay, so you have to beat the teams that are on your schedule. I, I You can't take away the fact that Michigan is undefeated. They were, you know, everyone thought they were going to be in the playoffs. I picked them to be in the playoffs at the beginning of the year. I think they are a very talented team. Do I think they are explosive? No, I do not think they are an explosive football team. And I think that could come back to bite them in this game in particular. J.J. McCarthy, solid. 2,600 yards passing. has completed 74% of his passes. 19 touchdowns to four interceptions. He's somewhat of a threat with his legs. Somewhat. But... I, I think really when you think about the Alabama defense putting pressure on McCarthy, that's where it's going to happen. Because you, you think about the two best options for McCarthy is the running game with Blake Corum, right? You got Roman Wilson. He's there. He's the touchdown, touchdown guy. 41 catches, 662 yards, 11 touchdowns on the year. Uh, Colston Loveland, the tight end. Those are your two prime targets for J.J. McCarthy. But it's going to be very interesting. So Michigan rushing the football. And you figure with as good as Blake Quorum is and, and that offensive line, how good they are, 
only 161 yards per game. That's 61st in the NCAA. Points per game, they're 14th at 36.7. Now, their defense gives up 9.5 points per game. And I preface this by saying, look at who they've played. Now, I'm not saying they're not a good defense, but what explosive teams have they played? East Carolina, not a good football team. UNLV early, still trying to figure out where they were going. That's a bowl team. Not that Bowling Green, Rutgers a bowl a bowl team, but not an explosive offense. Nebraska, no. Minnesota was a five-win team. Granted, they won their bowl game. Indiana, not explosive. Michigan State, not explosive. Penn State, damn sure not explosive. Maryland, you know, with what they were doing with Talia Tungavailoa, yeah. They, they had a ch- I mean, played really well, 31-24. Ohio State with, with, you know, was pretty, I would say, explosive. Not bad. Iowa, damn sure not explosive. So, I mean, it, when, when you compare the teams, what Alabama played, and you think about playing Texas, playing LSU, playing Ole Miss, some of the offenses that Alabama played, I might swing to the fact that I think Alabama's defense may be a little bit better. Maybe a little bit suspect on the back end, but again, I don't think Michigan is explosive. And I think that's where this this ground game for Michigan, if they don't get it going, I think it spells problems for Michigan. I really do. So if I look at like the breakdown, you know, Jalen Milrow, okay? Jalen Milrow is a guy, and I've said it leading up to this, probably the highest positive arch for a player that I've seen in years. Because living here in Birmingham, after they lost to Texas, there was a lot of people that wanted Jalen Milrow run out of town. I heard it on the local radio stations. You you see it all over. You talk to people at work. They wanted Jalen gone. But Jalen got better. Jalen was able to learn. And now you hear all the stuff about Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien didn't want him playing quarterback or said he shouldn't play quarterback. It's a big middle finger to Bill O'Brien right now. He's led the team to a national, to a uh, college football playoff, to a semifinal, on the verge of making a national championship game. Was in Heisman contention, and he's really progressed because it's not just Bond, it's not just Burton. He's he's really doing a good job finding multiple receivers. All right. Now, I'm going to tell you the two guys to watch out for for Alabama in this game offensively. Watch out for the tight end, Amari Nyblack. Okay, I think Amari could surprise some people in this game. I think he could be very versatile for Alabama. And also, the other guy that I think you need to watch out for uh, is Kobe Prentice. You know, they're going to pay a bunch of attention. Michigan... To Jermaine, uh, to Jermaine Burton, Isaiah Bond, they're going to pay a lot of attention to him. The other good thing for Alabama offensively, Jace McClellan is back. So the combination of Jace McClellan, Roydell Williams, and then you got Milrow running, okay? I think Milrow has really done a really good job learning when to run, how to run. And, and I'm going to tell you this, the other guy that I think has done a fantastic job and has gotten better because I, I, I'll admit, I was one that I was talking about him at the beginning of the year. Caden Proctor from Des Moines, Iowa, the freshman, the six foot seven, 355 pound freshman. 
look confused and slow out there at the beginning of the year. But now, that line is, is really good. Caleb Downs is a monster out there. And you still have Dallas Turner, Malachi Moore. Don't forget Chris Braswell. And I just think, so when I break it down, when I look at rating each category, like position, who do I give the advantage to? Quarterback, right now I give it to Jalen Milrow. I think with his confidence, everything, that, that fourth and 31 pass, I think his confidence and what he's done, and, and even maybe so some of this chip on his shoulder, I, I'm going with Jalen Milrow. I give the advantage to Alabama in that category. Running back, I got to give it to Blake Corum. Yes, I think Rodell Williams and Jace McClellan are a great one-two punch. Jace should be better. Had a foot injury, missed the SEC championship game, but I, I think he'll I think he'll be fine. Um, really good running back, Blake Corum. You know, coming back from that injury last year, getting the team back to the playoffs, has done a fantastic job. I mean, he's carried the ball 218 times, over a thousand yards, 24 touchdowns. Good for him. Wide receiving core, again, I just don't think Michigan's explosive. When I look at Bond and Burton, I give the edge to Alabama. I, I give the edge to Alabama. Now, offensive line, I give the edge to Michigan. Defensive line, I it was tough, but I give the edge slightly to, to Michigan. Linebackers, I'm all I'm all over Alabama for the linebacker position. Defensive backs. I had a hard time with this one because, again, what kind of dynamic offenses did Michigan play on the back end? Yeah, they you know they got the interception to secure the win against Ohio State and against Maryland late in the game. Uh, Malachi Moore, I, I really like him. Kool-Aid McKinstry, you know, takes away a side of the field. Doesn't have a lot of stats to speak of, but that's because nobody throws his way. But I gave the edge to Michigan. Kicking game, uh, I'm sorry, that that's Alabama all day. The number one scorer in the history of college football, Will Reichert. I mean, it, it's good for him. He, he's Hoover kid product out here. Lo, love what he brings to the table. If it comes down to it, I, I, I I'll take Will Reichert. Then the kick return game, I got Alabama. So again, if you look at it, uh, one. I've got five checks for Alabama, four for Michigan. I think Alabama wins the game. And here's what may surprise some people. I think Alabama wins it comfortably. I I just don't think that Michigan has the fight. Now, this isn't a game. I don't think, now if they do it, I'll come on here and say I'm completely wrong. I don't think Michigan could run 32 straight run plays like they did against Penn State. All the talk about SEC defense, I mean, it's true. Michigan's played great defense again. Blake Corm, great running back. They're missing one of their best offensive linemen. He got hurt in that Ohio State game. I just don't think Michigan has the firepower. And I think right now playing... If I had to pick who's playing better, I'd take Jalen Milrow. 
And so some of the funny things, you know, Alabama hires a former Michigan defensive coach. And now all of a sudden Alabama has told their players that they can't watch film on their personal iPads. It's, you know, it's out there. The thing I don't like, and I've talked a little bit about it, it is what it is. Whether Florida State should have been there, who should have been there. If this spot comes out to be true, this cheating scandal, sign stealing, and, and look, I know people try to break down signs as part of the game, but with what they were trying to do, I think it could be worse. But what I don't want to see is them come out in four years and be like, yep, it's true, and they're going to penalize some young men that had nothing to do with it. But I just I, I find it funny. I find it funny. Now, I'll admit, as a kid growing up, man, I used to love, you know, watching Michigan, Jamie Morris, Bo Schembechler, those guys. You think about the history of this matchup, Alabama has won three of the five matchups. They met first in the 1988 Hall of Fame Bowl. That's now the Outback Bowl. Jamie Morris, speaking of, was the MVP and old big head Bobby Humphreys running back for Alabama. Gary Moeller and Bill Curry squaring off. They met again in 1977 in the Outback Bowl. 1997, excuse me. Gene Stallings, that was his last game against Lloyd Carr. Alabama won 17-14. Dwayne Rudd, amazing defensive player. 88-yard interception return there. January 1st, 2000. Crazy game. Tom Brady's last college game, Alabama loses on a missed extra point in overtime. Whew. Lloyd Carr, Mike DeBose. That was before uh, Francione took over. 2012, they met in the season opener, and it wasn't even pretty. A.J. McCarron and the Tide won 41-14. D. Milliner, C.J. Mosley all had interceptions. T.J. Yeldon had over 100 yards and a touchdown that day. Denard Robinson could not get going. Could not get going. And then they met in the Citrus Bowl in 2020. And that was a team that was, they were they were destined for greatness the next year. Obviously, Mac Jones, Jerry Judy, Najee put up 35 points. I think they scored on the first play of the game, Jerry Judy on a long touchdown pass. And, uh, and got, so Bama has the edge. I think they add to it. I think Alabama wins this game. The over is 46 and a half. Well, now it's, let's see. I'm trying to make sure I see this correctly. The over-under now is 44. It opened at 46 and a half, and now it's down to 44 and a half. And Michigan by two. I would take Alabama plus the two. I would also take the over in this game. I think there's going to be some points. Don't be surprised if you see Kool-Aid McKinstry have a kick return, like a punt return, a big play. I just think Alabama is more explosive. I do. And I just, man, the more I think about it, I, just, I don't think it's going to be close. I think Alabama wins comfortably, if you ask me. That's my thoughts on the Rose Bowl. The next game, a big one, a rematch of the Alamo Bowl last year. University of Texas against the University of Washington. Now, this it, it's funny when you think about these matchups in the playoffs and like year-end award winners and everything. 
This is the only playoff matchup that has award winners. Because, I mean, Michael Penix Jr. was the Maxwell Award winner. And Tavondre Sweat was the Outland Trophy winner. Now, this matchup also, Texas leads the all-time series 3-2. to two. They had a home and away back in 74 and 75. Texas won both of those, 35-21 and 74. Then 75 in Seattle, won 28-10. In the Sun Bowl, man, 14-7. Oh, Fred Akers, coach team, they lost to Don James. 2001 Holiday Bowl, Rick Neuheisel versus Mac Brown, Major Applewhite, Derek Johnson, one of the best linebackers um, out there. I loved watching him play. And then in the Alamo Bowl last year, 27 to 20, Quinn Ewers threw for more yards than Michael Penix Jr. in that game, 369 yards. Texas never led in that game, though. Sark really wanting to get back at him. You look at this matchup, these two teams can put up some points, right? Can absolutely put up some points. Quinn Ewers, Michael Penix Jr. Now, I think for Washington, the big thing for Washington is everybody knows that Roma Dunze is the guy. He, he He's your number one target, 81 catches. 1,428 yards, 13 touchdowns. Now, Jalen Polk, another 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns. But I think the key is Jalen McMillan. McMillan, sorry. I don't know why I said his name wrong. Jalen McMillan is the guy. He's the one. He had a big game against Texas last year. But now that he's healthy and back, I think it's going to really open up that offense. This one, I think, is going to be a high-scoring game back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Dylan Johnson, the Mississippi State transfer, he's going to be healthy. Of course, had the big day against USC. He's got 1,100 yards, 14 touchdowns. He's going to be key. Michael Penix Jr., uh, you know, he's thrown the ball almost 500 times this year. 33 touchdowns, nine interceptions. He, He runs some, right? He's not... He's not relying on his legs, all right? He, you, know, you think back to when he came in initially at Indiana. Think about that game when he beat Penn State his freshman year at Indiana. He was more dual threat. Now he's more of a pocket passer. I mean, he only ran the ball. He was credited for 29 carries for minus 18 yards. He's been sacked 10, so really only carried the ball 19 times by design. He is, he is a pocket passer. Now their defense, Dominic Hampton, it makes you a little bit worrisome when your cornerback is your leading tackler. Now, again, that's good. He's got 92 tackles. He's really good out, you know, open field tackles. Carson Bruner, a good linebacker. Alfonso Tupatala, a good linebacker. I just, you know, you think about their defensive line, they've only got 19 sacks on the year. And this is where I think Texas could probably take advantage in the run game. Yes, you're not going to have Jonathan Brooks. But when you got Blue, Savion Red, you know, plus, this is a great wide receiver matchup, man. With Roma Dunze and McMillan, um, Jalen Polk with Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell. But I'm going to tell you the guy to watch out for in this game. I think 
what's interesting about this game is I really want to see what the big tight end for Texas can do, right? I want to see what Jatavian Sanders does. I think he's going to be big in this game, really kind of help soften the middle of the field up for the ground game. Again, C.J. Baxter, well, let's not forget about him running the ball, okay? He's got breakaway speed with a quickness. I feel bad. Jonathan Brooks had such a great game last year, um, really filling in for uh, B. John Robinson after he decided not to play in the game, opted out, but Jonathan Brooks had such a good game, really led into this year. But Jaden Blue, Savion Red, C.J. Baxter, I think this running game is going to be huge for Texas. And the thing that I think is extremely funny, watching these, you know, you, you watch all the, the little quips and interviews, and Michael Penix Jr. running out there talking a lot of trash, you know, saying we're not playing the 49ers defense. I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> okay. Here comes six foot four, 362 pounds from Huntsville, Texas, to Vondre Sweat. He wants he has something to say for you, Michael Penning Jr. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. I again I think the Texas defensive line is better. So quarterback play. I'm gonna give the edge to Washington. Running back. I think as a committee by whole, I think Texas. Wide receiver, with their production, I got to give the slight edge to Washington. Now, also, what's going to be interesting, you got to go the edge offensive line to Washington because they won the Joe Moore Award as the best offensive line. Defensive line, I'm going with Texas. Linebackers, I'm going with Texas. Secondary, I'd probably go with Washington. Kicking game, Burt Auburn. You know, Burt Auburn is a really good kicker. Uh, the Washington kicker just got put on uh, scholarship after beating Washington State. Kick return-wise, I think Xavier Worthy, you know, he might have, you know, there's always going to be a big play somewhere in there. But I love, I, I like Texas in this game. If I have to break it down, I like Texas in this matchup. And what's going to be worrisome when you look at both games, quarterback play is going to be huge. Now, obviously, Texas, if Quinn goes down, how comfortable are you with Arch Manning coming in in a playoff game? Because Malik Murphy is already gone. He's transferring to Duke. If you're Alabama, if Jalen Milrow goes down, are you confident in Ty Simpson? I, I think, now I, I told somebody, I, I was joking with uh, you know a Texas fan, and I don't wish for anybody to get hurt. But think about when Alabama and Texas played for the national championship and Colt McCoy got hurt in the first quarter. And all the Bama fans are saying, well, you know, that's the game. Texas fans saying, well, you know, if our quarterback does get hurt, what if it is a rematch? And what if Jalen gets hurt? I'm not wishing it. What if Jalen gets hurt and you got to play Ty Simpson? Do you feel comfortable? Do you feel comfortable with Michigan if you lose J.J. McCarthy? What about Michael Penix Jr.? I think for the type of offense, I think Alabama, you're probably relying more on Jalen Milrow than everybody else. So that loss would be huge. 
But again, my breakdown of the Rose Bowl. I like Alabama, and I like Alabama to win comfortably. And the Sugar Bowl, which I love the Sugar Bowl. I've been there, one of the, one of the fun ones to cover. I was there in 2014. Sorry, Bama fans. I was there in 2014 when Oklahoma beat Alabama in the Trevor Knight legacy game. Was down in was down on Bourbon Street for seven days, and I believe me, I had a ton of food from po' boys to oysters at Felix's, Boudin, Boudin balls. You know, going to Mother's for the barbecue shrimp. I ate all over, and I love New Orleans. My wife and I went last year for her birthday. I love going to New Orleans. It's a lot of fun. But in the Sugar Bowl, Washington's doing a lot of the talking, and it seems like. I mean, and again, it's okay. They're partying. I've seen clips of them out partying. Texas looks like they're there for business. I think it's a close game. I think it's a high-scoring game. But I think Texas wins. And I think it sets up a rematch for the national championship of Texas and Alabama. Man, and that's and there's going to be so much buildup in that game if it happens that way. What could have been what, you know, from the season. I'm intrigued. But I love the playoffs. I can't wait for next year when there's 12. You know, the Caesar Superdome is going to be packed. Texas is favored by four. The over-under of 63 and a half. I would take the over. I don't know. if I I think it's like a three-point game. If I was picking straight up, I would take Texas to win straight up. If I was taking the points, I'd probably take Washington plus four because I think it's maybe a three-point game, last team with the ball. I think it's a high-scoring game. I think it's an entertaining game, but I think Texas wins. Setting up a rematch. I love it, setting up a rematch. But, uh, man, it's going to be fun to watch off that day. Going to be smoking some queso. Going to be a lot of fun. But here's my final Stadium Reviews, thanks to the website, Stadium Reviews, thestadiumreviews.com. And again, I want to say thank you, you know, to Greg Christian. He came on early in the year kind of talking about this website. Guys, next year, if you're looking for anywhere to go, if you're going to stadiums you haven't been to, check out the website, thestadiumreviews.com. has bag policies, parking, food, all different kinds of things out there you can check. And of course... <laughs> Yeah, buddy, it is time to talk a little bit about food, and I'm going to go to the Superdome, the Caesars Superdome. You know, it used to be the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, but now it's the Caesars Superdome. And again, I recommend if you go there, don't go for the, the, the irregular stuff. Don't get your hot dog or your hamburger. What I think is funny, the description in it, it says Little Caesars Pizza. Classic Italian pizza slice. I don't know if that's classic Italian. The Parish Grill, barbecue beef sandwiches, nachos, great stuff. Crescent City Sausage, a staple at the Superdome. The Alligator Sausage, you got to get it. Alligator Sausage at the Caesars Superdome, okay? Crescent City Sausage, you need to go check it out. Jester Spread, another good one with nachos, uh, beer stands all over the place. The King's Table. Classic stadium food. That's where you're going to find all your classic stadium food, right? Parish pizza, a lot better, okay, than Little Caesars. So you need to check that out. 
but some of the best stuff out there, right? The Mercado Tortilla Stand, Boom Boom Shrimp Tacos, Chicken Street Tacos. Amazing. If you're going to try something, get something with the New Orleans flair. The Bayou Kitchen and Market, there's five different locations in the stadium. Chicken tenders, alligator jambalaya, double patty cheeseburgers. I'm a fan of alligator. If it's done right, I love gator. If you haven't had gator, guys, when you come out for the, you know, anything out, have some gator. The Delta Roost, grilled chicken sandwiches, spicy chicken sandwiches. I'm all about a chicken sandwich. Now, this is a place, like, I love sandwiches. You've heard me talk about them this whole year. Dressed or not po' boys. Fried shrimp po' boys oh, uh, and all kinds. Oysters. You can get the, a whitefish po' boy. They have a wild mushroom po' boy for those who are looking to eat a little more vegetarian. St. Jack's Barbecue with the barbecue brisket sandwiches, pulled pork. But my suggestion, go get you some of the alligator jambalaya or go to the Crescent City sausage. Get you the alligator sausage. Oh, the nice cold beer. It's the way to go. And there's food all over the place. Enjoy New Orleans when you go down to a game. If you're a Saints fan, you're going to a college game there. That's what you got to do. You just enjoy yourself. And I'm here for it. Now, there's some desserts out there you could do. The Big Freezy Ice Cream and Milkshakes. Go Nuts. And again, it's spelled like, you know, the Creoles do. G-E-A-U-X. Mini Melts Ice Cream. Pretzel Stands. I I love pretzels candy all over the place but yeah I, I think go nuts and big freezy is where you if you're looking for dessert but man dressed or not po boys the bayou kitchen or the crescent city sausage is what i think you need to do um, when i was there for the sugar bowl in 2014 the media food was not that good they had a it was a big hot dog i mean it was like a, a pound hot dog wasn't the best but i walked around during halftime that's when I went to Crescent City Sausage and I got that alligator sausage. Absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. But that's my review of what to get if you're going to the Sugar Bowl, if you're going to the Caesars Superdome at any time, right? It's a good time. But guys, I just want to say, you know, this started in August. This is now episode 42. I've had some really good guests. I've had some really good interactions with people telling me how much they appreciate what I'm doing. Uh, I know those of you who listened to me while I was on the radio back in Oklahoma, I appreciate your support. But uh, let's spread the word. Let's try to get bigger, better this next year. There's going to be more content coming. Uh, I'm going to strive to have more content on social media, get more guests, have more interviews, um, you know, and just overall have a better product. You know, it was kind of a learning curve really diving into this headfirst in August at the beginning of the football year. Really, really kind of molding myself into more of the college football. But I'm going to be doing episodes throughout the year. College basketball. I love college basketball. The NBA season is here. You know, I'm going to talk. I'll get recruiting experts on. We're going to talk high school football. You know, whatever. But interact with us on social media. I'm on TikTok, Sports Bites podcast, Instagram. I'm all over. I'd love your interaction. Let me know who I should get on. I'm still working on some other guests, you know, maybe try to get somebody on to talk about the national championship game next year. But again, as we head into the new year, guys, remember, just enjoy the time with your loved ones, with your friends, with your families. 
We don't know when our last days are going to be. So make them count. Let the little stuff go. All right? Enjoy yourself. Find your happy. Find your meaning. And remember to always positively move forward. Talk to you after the New Year's, guys. Thanks for joining us on this delicious journey through the world of sports and food on Sports Bites. With your host, Chris Joseph. We hope you've enjoyed the game day stories and culinary adventures. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And if you've got any mouth-watering sports-related tales or favorite game day recipes, share them with us on social media. Until next time, remember, it's not just about the game. It's about the bites that make it unforgettable. Stay hungry for more Sports Bites.